0: You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast, with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Mistakes, Mishap and Triumph. You know what I do, I let the guest introduce themselves and to say what they do for a living.
1: So, what I do for a living is, I am a transformational coach and I am also a leadership development consultant. And, you know, hey voila,
0: those things go hand in hand. Hand in hand. Tell us your name. Sharon Clues. Sharon Clues. And... Who was our contact? How did we just get to know each other? We got to know
1: each other via Joseph Williams, who has, I think, probably single-handedly introduced me to more people (laughs) in the last 12 to 18 months than probably
0: ever in my life. (laughs) He is a special egg and he'll be on the podcast soon. So look out for that. But come on, I said to you before the podcast, think of a mistake, a mishap and a triumph. And let us share with you your visits to the land of numpty, <laughs> where you've gone there, paid a visit and come home again thinking, why did I go there? What, ha- what was that about? So where do you want to start? A mistake, a miss-up or a triumph? I'll start with the
1: mistake. And it was it was some time ago, but it was also so big that not only do I not forget it, but friends of mine don't let me forget it either, which I think is always... <laughs> It's a lovely, a lovely, uh, robust confirmation of friendship. I was, it was my first proper real big job, I think. And I was asked to take over the printing and graphic design facility of one of the universities in Australia. And, you know, I did that whole, I can't do that thing, which I think we're all very good at. Anyway, I was convinced that I obviously could. And so I did, and I started doing this thing, and I loved it. And it's still, to this day, is one of those stake-in-the-ground jobs where I just thought, wow, that transformed me. That made me who I am. It taught me so much about people and leadership. And and I was only young. I was probably early 30s, I think. And anyway, we one of my roles was to actually try and negotiate a separate agreement, employment agreement, for 35 people. So at the time I was, you know, working in, in HR out of thousands and thousands of employees within the university. And so I did that. I was like, okay, fine, you know, we can be the guinea pig, you know, we can do this because at 31, of course, you think you can. And so I <laughs> I was negotiating with three different unions for a num- for only 35 people. Wow. In- some of my tough the toughest negotiations of my life. And I and it had been going on for quite some time, so over, you know, 12 or 15 months. And I sent an email.
0: Da-da. da Emails are at the heart of many mistakes, I think. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, off this off this email was
1: going to the land of Numpty. And and I I can't even remember who I thought I was sending it to, but clearly it was somebody I thought had my ear. Because I quite plainly said in this email how very difficult it was, probably in less fluid terms, you know, working with all of these unions and how I didn't really think that at the heart of their negotiations, they had our people in mind. And anyway, I had this rant about you know how hard it was and why they have to make things so difficult and they're not really representing the needs of the people and we're not really trying to do anything you know to to mess them around it's really just trying to all I'm trying to do is do the best you know that we can possibly do for these people anyway shortly after I sent the email you know hit the hit the send button I was getting knocks on my doors we had offices and doors in those days
0: (laughs) (laughs) pre-corona.
1: <laughs> yeah. A door, yes. A door, a real life office. And I was getting I'd get a knock on the door, I get people coming around, milling in. And I was like, "What's wrong?" And one of my one of my team who I really respected came into me, walked in to my door, like knocked, walked in, closed the door. "Boss, wow. well, do you really mean to send that email?" And I was like, "Oh, what email?" And at the time, you know, the color drained from my face. I started to get sick. Email, uh the one about the unions and all of our negotiations. Uh, no, 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 I didn't mean to send that. And then, of course, everyone else started coming in. Um, got a call from my director. Hey, everything, everything OK? Got a. then I was like on the phone with my HR consultant for, you know, 25 minutes going like, I can't believe I've done this. What am I going to do now? I've probably ruined all of the negotiations. And as it turned out, I then got everybody out onto the production floor and just put my hand up and went do you know what this is the biggest job of my life this is the biggest thing I have ever had to do and I'm finding it really hard and I'm finding it really really difficult to maintain what it is I'm supposed to do to make sure that your areas of responsibility are looked after and that I'm getting what I'm supposed to be getting you know for the university and And I said, so I sent the email, I said, and I was really cross and really hurt and really upset. And I said, but ultimately out of it, what I want you to do is just figure out whether these people are actually representing you. I said, because this is what they're saying. And I don't think this is what you want. So go to your union reps, talk to them. I love them. You know, they work and they do such an incredible job for people, but make sure it's the right job. And then, kind of, you know, put my tail firmly between my legs, headed back, to, <laughs> back to my office. At the time, Diana, honest to God, I I wanted to resign, and I also wanted to just, yeah, you know, get in my car and keep driving for yeah. a, a day yeah. or two. And I have to say, my team, I loved my team there. They were fantastic, and they were very, very kind, most of them. And and it was a it was a very, very fortunate learning experience for me because it was kind of a soft landing but that feeling of you know i really just want to eat my face off with
0: embarrassment (laughs) yeah i know it's i mean i'm sure there are people listening who can just resonate with this one the the send all button which i think should have a a bright red flashing light (laughs) or something so you don't just click send you know it and it warns you do you really want to do this Do you really want to do, you know, like when you log onto the bank now, it says, are you being conned? Are you being pressurized? Let us send you a code you've got to put back in onto your phone. I think it should send us a code that we've got to, you know, because it just, we we all do it. I'm sending my emotions to somebody over email. Yeah. And there's one thing,
1: you know, about vulnerable leadership but then there's another where it just goes too far and there's no boundaries
0: and (laughs) there's no boundaries (laughs) yeah I say to people that at the heart of relationships is communication transparency and trust professional and personal ones but does not mean you've got to expose every mistake you've ever made because you want to be transparent as a leader you know (laughs) just hold back some information here (laughs)
1: Yeah, everybody doesn't need to know. I used to say to my nieces and nephews, you know, just because it's in your head doesn't mean it
0: needs to come out of your mouth. Absolutely perfect. (laughs) I love that. You look at a three-year-old and whatever's in there just comes straight out. No filter. You know, when you're three, that's very cute. When you're 33, (laughs) we don't call it cute anymore. All right. Mishap, triumph, where are we going next? I'm gonna to go to mishap
1: so I can end on a triumph. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting because it, all of these things have lessons attached to them. You know, when I was having a look at the at the definition of mishap, you know, something that started out fine and then got thrown in a bit of a curveball. I think the biggest one of my life really was the <laughs> was my was our joint, my partner and my joint decision to leave Australia and move to the UK. And we were doing that for 12 months and we're have we coming up to 13 years. So somewhere along the line we got our maths wrong. But we were leaving, you know, we we quit our jobs and we were so cocky and leaving and thought this is going to be amazing and we're going to go and work in London for a couple of months and then we're going to go and travel the world and who cares, you know, who knows where we end up. And that was October 2008. Okay, and that's a long 13
0: months, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we left the the bubble that was Australia around having, you know, very strict and rigid banking restrictions and we really didn't know much about this thing called the global financial crisis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it hadn't got to you. The email <laughs> hadn't got into your inbox, I think. That's exactly right, yeah.
1: I hadn't been able to, you know, send the wrong email about it. And we literally landed here you know and it was it was such a thing Diana because we we thought we are smart professional people we've got careers we've got jobs we've got degrees how hard can this really be we're going to England you know they speak English there can't be that Uh hard October 2008 we arrived where you know shops were closed where things were barricaded down on the high street you know. Everything was going bust. There were riots on the streets. We, of course, I couldn't get work for love nor money. Wow. And yes. Because I was in HR and I was in HR in Australia, I was deemed as, first of all, superfluous because they'd probably just sacked all of the HR. HR and marketing people would have lost their jobs, you know, way, way before then. And then because I would come from Australia, I hadn't had any experience here working in, in industrial relations. And, of course, that was a very heavy Industrial relations time. So nobody would look at me. And we, fortunately, my partner got some work actually with the NHS on some software that he had, he was doing while he was in Australia that he'd completely forgotten to put on his CV. Oh, yeah, that's right. that. <laughs> and as soon as he put it on, it was just like bing. Work yeah. comes? So thankfully that happened. And I cannot, I cannot describe that feeling of, joy and excitement and this is my biggest life adventure and you know, we're gonna go, you know, get here and we're gonna make this yeah. life together and it's gonna be amazing. And that happened and I was just like, oh my word. You know, we we also, <laughs> because because it was that period of time we tried to rent a flat and the only flat we could get, which we loved and then ended up living in it for nine and a half years, but that flat we had to pay six months' rent in advance to secure that flat. And that's a lot of cash. And as we'd come from Australia, we and again, we thought, you know, bountiful, all of this money we have worked really hard over the last sort of, you know, three years to save up to come to, got cut more than in half when we yeah. transferred it from Australian dollars to power. Oh, I
0: see, yes, of course, yeah.
1: And Which, of course, we knew would happen, but at that particular time the rate was just appalling. And then yeah, to be told that yes, you can have this flat, but we need six months' rent in advance. And and all of our cries of, you know, but we own a house in Australia, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Not relevant. Neither of you are working, you know, like how yeah. do you sleep? you know. And so of course went, yeah, right, fine. Okay, thanks very much. And it did take us quite some time. I remember having a conversation with my mother, and she said to me, darling, you do have a house in Australia. And if it all goes wrong. You can always go back and live in that. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, yeah, you know, because it was just wasn't an option for us, Do you know, it, that mm. we'd made a decision to make a significant change. We'd sold everything we owned, yeah. you know, cars and, and contents of houses and all of that stuff in Australia and then came back here and just thought, what on earth? You know, we felt, talk about Land of numpty. I mean, we felt so naive and so Exposed and so kind of ridiculous,
0: really. Um, What would you have done differently looking back now? What would you what would you say to that Sharon of those years ago? A little bit more due diligence, darling. (laughs) Always after when the politician gets caught doing XYZ. You're not do your due diligence. You're like, well, I I googled him. (laughs) That's right. what it was like to live in london i lived in london before when i was yeah and it is you think i'm i'm intelligent how hard can this be i've got a master's i'll have you know
1: (laughs) absolutely it was like you know like here is my you know my certificate from yes And my academic transcript, you'll see all high distinctions, no one And my
0: thinks. mum thinks I'm fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yes. And I, I, I've done that before. I believe my own hype sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I look at my CV, I go, oh, yeah, Diana, you're yes. you who wouldn't, who wouldn't employ you? And yes. you're sat there waiting for the phone to read because you haven't got a contract this month.
1: Exactly. What oh. a setup. So yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and then the reason why I say that that is a mishap is that because clearly, you know, 12 and a half years down the line, I have had many, many, many contract roles. You know, I have had the opportunity to reinvent myself at that period of time, you know, because I did a lot of thinking about, oh, my God, I am my job or I was my job and then my my study. And now I've got neither of those things. So what am I? So I walked around London in really ridiculous clothes for quite some time because I thought, you know, no one knows me here. This is great. I can be who I want to be. And then I also thought that I'm just going to ring every single recruitment agency in the world, you know, that works in London, because why not? Because, you know, when I wake up tomorrow, there'll be a bunch of people who haven't heard of me.
0: And so that yeah, was I my... Like th- that approach. Rather than waiting for a job to be advertised, yeah. just ring everyone just and ring. say, what are you doing? I'm fantastic. Let's meet up. Yeah. And, and you know what, and that was my whole, and it
1: still is my, my, my ingoing networking premise, is that I don't know where that will lead. I don't know if it will be a cup of coffee or a 10 minute stand up in a hotel foyer. I don't know and I don't care. It's just about let's connect, you know, Um, and that was my, and that was my ingoing principle. So, so, you know, that mishap has turned into, you know, we now live in South London. We have a beautiful life here. We, of course, pre-COVID traveled and did all of the stuff that we wanted to do. I've worked with some incredible organizations and some fabulous people, and we have learned and grown in a way we would never have done if we have stayed
0: yeah so you 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 clearly don't regret the move but perhaps the a bit of due diligence at the, a little bit more due diligence yeah. at the beginning a little bit more, a little a little bit more. Bit more.
1: <laughs> you know when I lived here at 22 let's be honest 11 and a half months out of those 12 I was probably slightly inebriated
0: so that was just, <laughs> you know that was that was slightly,
1: slightly, yeah.
0: Uh, you thought London was fantastic. It's You know, the people are so friendly. <laughs> it's, it's so well, that's what you remember, because you were slightly, <laughs> slightly juiced up a bit. So you were very friendly and everyone else was like, oh my God, what's going on?
1: Yeah, a bit too friendly, actually. The English were all a
0: bit like back off. Yeah, right? back off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. All right, come on. It's triumph time. The time when you you, you got it right. And these times do happen. People listening, we do get it right sometimes. Go on, tell us, Sharon, what happened.
1: We do get it right. I think and I'm and I think I would like to think anyway that I'm continuing to get it right. And that and that this was not the pinnacle of me getting it right, by the way, because you know that's a that's a learning journey in itself. But a few years ago, I was working quite happily in a great organization doing organization design and development work. And through a series of events and changes, I was asked to become. head of leadership development and learning and I said no a couple of times and I said no because I didn't I didn't want to be that horrible command and control leader I didn't want to be somebody who was going to be this is how it's got to be and you know and I was really quite conscious of making this as great an experience for the people that would report to me as it was for me so I kept saying no, and they kept asking me, and then eventually I was like, okay, you will do it, fine. And at that point, I think I decided that if I'm going to do it, I'll probably need to do it differently than the way that I've done it before. And I started having a look at that time around this whole connected leadership, courageous leadership. You know, what are people doing differently? What's the, what's the thing that is making the world a little bit more human in, you know, in, in my parlance. And, you know, oddly, the answer was be more human with the humans. I mean, who would think such a crazy kooky thing would happen? <laughs> yeah. um, and so I decided to actually just spend more time with the people who reported to me than, you know, doing my own doing and telling them what to do. And it was a little bit difficult because it was a bit like, this is where we've got to get to. You know and so off you go and do it your own way and they weren't used to that previously so that was a little bit difficult i guess and and it, and it always is when you you know when you've been in and i'm not saying that was the case from where i was previously but when there's a history of that type of command and control mm. letting everybody you know fly and be free yes takes scary a, yeah, Takes a bit of a journey so I just made a conscious effort to spend more time talking to people. And I would do that very often. And I would find out about them and about what their world was like and, you know, what makes them tick and who they are, what their family responsibilities are and what their obligations are. And I guess the stuff that we've really all done over lockdown, because we're in this environment that says, you know, hey, you've got a great picture of a shoe behind you, Diana. (laughs) I can start talking to you about shoes. I just know I could, but you know that. Whereas in the office, or or particularly previously when people were working remotely, you didn't get that yeah and that entry into into people's lives. So, and and it was a really tough decision for me because I thought, oh, I've got all this work to do, and I I know I should be doing it, but I just felt that it was something that I needed to do about investing time with my people and and talking to them and have them talk to me and ask me questions and me ask them questions and just listening and listening and listening and listening. And, you know, between doing that and then clearly articulating our purpose, what we were here for, what we yeah. what are we supposed to actually do? You know, what does this team collectively need to do? Who are we as a team? Yes. You know, we, and, and, and let's see the human face of everybody else, put that all together. And I did an exercise once where we went into a room And I said, let's just talk about who works what hours, you know, what days do you work and where do you work? And most of my team were like, oh, I do three days or I do a day from home or I always work from home. Stuff that I didn't necessarily know, you know, again, pre-COVID days. And it made such a difference just kind of breaking that down. Oh, I didn't know that you didn't work on a Monday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the assumption, isn't it? It's just We assume that things are just 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and everyone fits in the box
1: exactly and then we started to become more understanding more compassionate more inclusive okay, as a team yeah. instead of saying things like we can't make it monday because Nicola doesn't work on a monday you know we would go well we can't do mondays because you know they're out not everyone's here and so the language started changing and yeah. the conversation started changing and what makes that a triumph for me is that one of my one of my team who i who i deeply respect to this day incredible woman said to me you know what you did you created psychological safety for us
0: it's like a holy grail isn't it wow and i and i went did i (laughs) did i how like and i i would
1: have conversations with her afterwards like tell me how i how did i I do do that? that how did i do that and it was just a really lovely triumphant journey from I'm not doing it because I'm guaranteed to get it wrong, to getting that piece of feedback. And look, I still, you know, obviously will put my hand up, which is the only thing that to ever do when you make a mistake, by the yes. way. Just,
0: just go, yeah, yeah. apologize quickly. I've
1: done it. It was me. It I'm was sorry. me. Yeah. Because there is actually no debate left in that. But I'm sh- and I'm sure and I know I got it wrong for other people as well. But to have that feedback and have that lovely feeling of you know actually created from saying no I don't want to do that because I feel like I've got it wrong in the past you know so that to me was my was my leadership triumph so you can have you can have it all mistakes mishaps and triumphs
0: well I think you can I mean I always say what is the point in having cake and not eating it (laughs) you can't have your cake and eat it Well, well, well I need the cake I'm going to eat it you can have it all in leadership absolutely but and you will have mistakes (laughs) you will have mishaps Mm -hmm. and you can have triumphs my goodness you got the feedback of you made me feel psychologically safe that's a gold standard feedback that's 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 that's, that's brilliant thank you I'll take that (laughs) yeah take that people want to engage with you find out more about you are you on social media can they hook up with you
1: I am on social media. I am on Instagram as The Bridge to Yet. I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, Sharon Clues. I am really close to getting my website up, which will also be thebridgetoyet.com. I do have a blog and it's called, at the moment it's called Looking for Clues, bit of a pun. Um, <laughs> and so it's all a bit messy at the moment, Diana, but it's coming together. My it's beautiful- not messy, it's
0: organic. It's organic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. So organic. It's organic. It's, it's organic. organic. oh gosh find,
1: there. find me.
0: But <laughs> right, you'll find it's a bridge to yet. We can Brid- remember that. Bridge to yet.
1: That. It's it's based on Carol Dweck's growth mindset work. So and she talks about having a, the comparison between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And quite simply it is that word yet, you know. Yes, I can't do I can't be a leader or I'm not a great leader yet. Yet. And so, yeah, the bridge to yet is where I put most of my time and effort in between contracting for other big clients. But that's also big fun. And it's a really nice connection and it works beautifully with the work. I love
0: it. I love it. There's a a LinkedIn post in that, I think, a bridge to yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Pleasure. Absolute pleasure and honor and great fun talking to you. So, guys, a bridge to yet. I'm going to leave you with that go and look for sharon clues c l e w s as in clues go and look for her engage with her and you know let's let's build those bridges thank you for appearing on mistakes mishaps and triumphs my absolute pleasure it was
1: such a wonderful conversation with you diana thank you so much thank you
0: take care you have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast, with me, your host, Diana Resagi, the author of the book Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website CourageousLeadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.